Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. You know, guys, when you get to be our age, finding the motivation to get back in shape can be hard. It's just plain tough to find a routine and to stick with it. Good news. FitBod is a fitness app that is anything but routine. It tailors your workouts to fit your life, your goals, your gear, and even your schedule, so you can avoid burnout. And FitBod helps keep up your momentum by mixing in different exercises, reps, supersets, and circuits. Best yet, FitBod has over 1,000 demonstration videos, so you can learn the right way to do each exercise. It's time to ditch the boring routines and kickstart your fitness journey. Add FitBod to your workout essentials. Join today to get your personalized workout plan. Get 25% off your subscription or try the app for free at fitbod.me slash zabe. That's F-I-T-B-O-D dot M-E slash zabe. Virginia, basically. How's the trick-or-treaters at your house? Nothing. We're in the, we're the, it's Dr. Uh, Seven. Yeah. And we're in a townhouse development. So there's, <laughs> should be lots of kids. But Is it nothing. down from last year? Yeah. I'm, it's been down, you know, the last few years because of the pandemic. I thought it'd be back up, but no, wow. no, no action yet. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so there's going to be a lot of leftover candy. I'll take it to work. Somebody will eat it. A lot of fat people there. Today on the Zabecast, it's Andy Poland, the guy I once derisively called Good Enough Andy. A man who knows more Redskins history than anybody. Somebody who loved Chinese food, Tiger Woods, and 60 Minutes on Sundays. And a guy who taught me the word Meshuggana. Your bonus, uncensored 35-minute edition of the Zabecast is locked and loaded. So buckle up and let's go. (laughs) Here we go. You know, kind words were spoken about you at the family dinner on Saturday night, and there was even a fleeting idea of a Bring Andy to Dinner event at hmm. the Zabin household. I'm sure that didn't come from you. must have come from your mom. <laughs> no, I said it would be it would be a hoot to actually have Andy uh, come yeah. because, you know, my parents are big fans of our show when we were together on the sports yeah. reporters, and you being a person of you're you consider yourself a washingtonian right yeah i mean i've I've lived here i would say i'm 64 i've lived here probably close to 55 years of that something like that yeah okay so even though you originally were born in new york right Mm -hmm. came here when i was five uh stayed here till i was 19 uh texas for five years new york for six otherwise here yeah, I hear you came in on an ox cart with your father uh, from a commune in upstate New York. Uh, the times were hard, but your your dad made a new life of it uh, here in D.C. Well, you know, as a matter of fact, uh, speaking of the horse and the cart, uh, as the story goes, 
my mother's father was from Russia, but came to this country when he was about eight years old and wound up in Columbus, Ohio. And we asked him, you came to Ellis Island in New York. How, how did you wind up in Columbus? Now, I don't know whether this story is true or not, but it makes a good story. He said his grandfather bought a cart and a horse and headed west, and the horse died in Columbus. And that's where they settled. <laughs> <laughs> we settled. We went as far as the horse would take us. Right, <laughs> and exactly. that was that. That's great. Yeah. Well, you know, speaking of coming to dinner, so I was talking to my uh, web guru today, Chris Broussard, who helps run this podcast, and I, we talked about doing a DC-based ZabeCast event, and I said, I have in my mind what I would call the holiday roast, where it's me, <laughs> you, Scott, Solly, maybe one more person up on a small little dais or a small stage, sort of like a wedding, right? And we would have microphones in front of us with speakers, and we would do an open format podcast to the assembled people that are there and pay whatever money we have to pay to food, drink, whatever, and have a grand time of it. Would you be up for such a thing? Absolutely. And you probably have to go to YouTube to find this because this is more of my era than yours. But uh, Dean Martin, at one time in the 70s, had a weekly roast. Weekly? Where they would, yeah, where they would roast famous people like Bob Hope and Lucille Ball and Johnny Carson <laughs> and people like that. Yeah. Was it and, over and, dinner? Was it on a dais at a, at a, like yeah, a restaurant yeah, or a banquet deal, hall? Right? Okay. Yeah, and they would, they would tell stories and, and, you know, be funny. And Dean would act drunk and uh, it really worked. Wait, <laughs> Dean acted drunk or he was drunk? No, I, I think from what I've read, you know, he always came across as being drunk and he always had a drink in his hand. But that was just part of the act that, that uh, he, okay. he had his wits about it because there were really no embarrassing incidents that he had in all the live television that he did. Right. If he were drunk, there would yeah. be shots of him being dragged out like a corpse because exactly. he was overserved or vomiting into his lasagna or who knows what. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So uh, did I hear you mention in that uh, before the open snippet, I'll bring it to work, quote, there's lots of fat people there. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. I don't mention any names. But, but if you bring... <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's Still fat shaming right. people. Ever no. since you lost 30 pounds to <laughs> dial down to your current old man weight of 165, right? Yeah. Yeah, proud and, of that. Yeah. <laughs> hey, every day, the $5 a day uh, health club that you belong to. Actually, less than that. It's 24 a month, right? It's, uh, what do I pay? I pay uh, $25 a month. So it's uh, it's less than a dollar less a day. Less than a dollar a day. Bring your own towel, air dry yep. it in the car uh, in the back. And, uh, no, I've stopped doing that. I, I bring a fresh towel every day. I've, I've moved up in the world. So what do you do with a dirty towel? Throw it in the trunk and then dispose, and then wash it when you get home? Well, I have a I have a gym bag that has like a pocket uh, that you put the dirty clothes in, yeah. zip that up, and then I come home and I put it in the laundry bag. Okay, yeah. good. But you used to air dry it, though, in the back of the car. Yeah, yeah. I tried to get through a week with a towel, and then I think we all went to lunch one day, and everybody got mad at me for having a towel hanging in the car, so... <laughs> <laughs> that is classic. Yeah. Well, anyway, if you have leftover candy, send it my way because you know I am Mel Candy Jr. I scout, oh, I recruit, yeah. I assess, I assign grades to all the new different candies that come out year to year. 
You know, when people talk to me about the show, that's one of the things that they mention, uh, how great those days were. <laughs> we would rank all the candies. And then, you know, and then like one or two years, you pulled like a diva act. Like, oh, I'm not doing that anymore. What do you mean you're not doing that? It's a Halloween tradition. Did I say it had, had run its course? I'm like, it's played. Yeah, I'm not doing yeah. it anymore. <laughs> right. We're only doing it once a year. And, and we had to talk you into it. I think that was your plan. that You just wanted to be begged to, to, to do the... To I think the part of it right. was I didn't know what the act was at one point, other than just me riffing in the most rat-a-tat-tat, Mel Kuyper Jr. style fashion, my deep yeah. knowledge of and passion for various candies. I guess that it was worked. the shtick. I, I can't impersonate Mel himself in his Baltimore accent. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of yeah. did it that way, but and it worked. Yeah, yeah. I know it kind of worked. Now, is that a sad commentary on the state of our show that that's the one thing people remember the most no, fondly, no, or is no, it, because- or is that it was is that the way radio is? It's live, it's visceral. You get a connection with the host that you listen to every day. Yeah, I think so. You know, Imus was on for God knows how many years, forty years no, in I'm New York. In. I'm in and, here, Bernie. Yeah. And, and, and he had an act where he would uh, say to Charles that he was coming to his house, Charles, the sidekick, McCord, that he was coming to his house for Thanksgiving. And McCord would always say no. And this would go on for like a week or two before Thanksgiving. And everybody looked forward to this. I miss, you know, inviting himself to Charles' house and Charles saying no. It was the same act every year. But I, I think that has a lot to do with radio, too. It's the familiarity. It's the, it's the same, you know, thing that makes you comfortable, the same people. And program directors really don't understand that. They just want to make changes. Right. But that's what people like. They like the they like the same old stuff. Yeah. We uh I, I, I was at a party uh on Friday night uh for my dear friends Cowboy Mike and Janice. They finally got married for tax purposes, Andy. <laughs> Nothing as is as moving as as two people in their fifties who have been living together and essentially married for twenty years, finally tying the knot just to avoid Uncle Sam's reach. Oh. <laughs> but no, Very it was romantic. a nice yeah, it was a nice yeah. evening. And um but at the party, uh one of the one of the members of this band that played there, a little three piece band, is a drummer who bought my old house. In hmm. Sterling, Virginia, and still lives there, and he's actually a huge fan of ours, and you know, talked to me for a good amount of time about how you and I and the show got him through going through like law school and at Georgetown, or I think it was GU or something like that. That's nice. It yeah. was. It was nice, and I say this all the time. I say to people, that show was great. That show was live. It was unpredictable day to day. The third person in made it different every day. It was always two-on-one combat wrestling. You never knew quite what the two-on-one match would be, although 70% of the time I was the one and you Mm -hmm. would team with somebody else. But that's what made it great and unpredictable. And it was a great show. And I don't think there are other radio shows as vibrant, smart, and dynamic as what we had. Yeah, it don't. was good. Business has changed, but uh, yeah, those were those were some uh, yeah those are some good times. And that house, by the way, I, I, I don't know if you remember this, but uh, you had a Super Bowl party there once. Oh, I know what it was. Two thousand two. You had HD, 
And uh, let's see, 2002, Jeremy, my son, was uh, <laughs> 10 years old. Unbelievable. And after we left, uh, that's how nice this house was. After we left that house and driving home, he said, Dad, he must make a lot more money than you do. <laughs> it was not that much nicer than your house, and I don't even think it was Zillow listed at a higher value than your house because I think you were sitting in better real estate in yeah. in uh, Rockville, Rockville, Maryland. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm, I did well when I sold it, so I'm, I'm I'm not unhappy with that. But you had a very nice house there. Well, we bought it for three forty back Mm -hmm. in 2000 or so. And it was a reach, you know, it was a stretch and a reach, but our realtor, uh, the great Mrs. Jean Gennard, who lived two two doors down from us, still worked into her late sixties and seventies as a realtor, just a badass, right? Mm -hmm. But old school Brooklyn woman. And she was, she said, she goes, couple, you should always reach for your first house, you know, reach for it, you know, because you'll get easily freaked out like, oh, my God, all this money, whatever. But, you know, for the most part, you'll probably do better in your career. You'll start making more money. You'll learn how to be thrifty and you'll be able to pay for it. And then the house will hopefully appreciate. So, you know, don't just settle for a dump was pretty much her mantra. Would you agree with that? Yeah, and I I will wholeheartedly agree. Uh, Fortunately, I didn't listen to that. At one time, I got freaked out uh, on a house that we put an offer on. Uh, and then a short time later, uh, I went to New York at WFAN, so I would have had to sell the house. So I was glad that uh, I did get freaked out and bailed out. <laughs> right, exactly. So we sold it. We bought it for three forty. dollars uh, We put, some, put like seventy grand in landscaping in the backyard, including the putting green that no longer exists because the roots of the trees tore it all up, uh, <laughs> the new owner says, which is too bad. And I think we sold it for like five fifty at the peak of the market in two thousand eight. Mm-hmm. Of course, we had nice. bought the new house way out in the country with Yohunai Field, the monogamous <laughs> compound, also at the peak of the market. And I sat there, and my wife and I watched it sit underwater on Zillow for Ooh. damn near ten years. And let me tell you, that's not a good feeling, right there. No, but things are back, and even with the interest rates high, you can still you know, sell if you need it to oh, and do well. There was a stupid valuation on the house back in, say, May, I think it was. And I was talking to somebody about it, and I was like, I would sell this place tomorrow if I could. But I know that, you know, my wife would be like, you crazy. Where are we going to go? We got to pack up all our shit. So it really didn't really didn't get beyond just the notion of now will be a great time. Of course, then it's like, well, where are you going to go? What are you going to buy? Where are you going to live? Are you going to rent for like a year? What are you going to rent exactly? Yeah, well, I, know, I made I made a move quickly and uh, I yeah. downsized and uh, did it not at the peak, but did it at a very good time. And are you happy with the downsizing? Oh, absolutely, nice. absolutely, positively. No lawn to cut, no snow to shovel. Utilities are a fraction of what they were. Yes, I'm very, very pleased. I was going to say, do you own one of two things, or either one of these two things, which are things I would love to someday not own: a string trimmer. No, I don't have one anymore. Or I one. do you own a snow shovel? I own a snow shovel, yes. You do? Just what, for the steps maybe? Yeah, the steps and okay. knocking the snow off the cars and stuff like that. <laughs> okay. And it's a real snow shovel, not the toy shovel you bought 
in Miami. <laughs> we came home for the Super Bowl. <laughs> See, that's another that's great story. moment in show history, you know? Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. That was that was uh, the, the moment I got off the bus and, and saw that car. <laughs> like, oh, Lord have mercy. At BWI Airport in the cheapo parking lot, non-covered, not in the garage. They have garages at BWI that are seven national. It was national. It was? But, but, yes, it was National Airport. Are you sure? Yes, it was. And uh, they do have covered parking, but I and the company was going to pay for it, too. Uh, and I wanted to save them a few bucks. Now, it ultimately cost them more because I had to give a guy 20 bucks to shovel out my car, and I charged that to my expenses. There you go. Reimbursed it. Very good. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So just to pay this off candy-wise, uh, according to Darren Ravel, by way of at a candy store, the top 10 best-selling candy around Halloween time in the U.S., number 10, the often vilified candy corn, which I enjoy in moderate doses. Many people say, oh, that's disgusting. I like it. Number nine, Tootsie Pops. They're trash. Yes. Eight, I like that. You like Tootsie Pops. Yeah, because then you get the payoff of the chocolate inside the candy. How it's many good. licks does it take to get to the center of a Tootsie Pop? Well, a one, a two, and a three. <laughs> uh, number eight, Snickers. Number seven, Hershey Kisses. Number six, Sour Patch Kids. Number five, Hot Tamales. Number four, Starburst. Number three, M&M's. Number two, Skittles. And number one, Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. You know, I, and I've, as I've told you, I like peanut butter and I like chocolate. I just don't like them together. It just and isn't that, something I eat. Ladies and gentlemen, is one of the enduring mysteries of Andy <laughs> Poland. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> do you do you know that uh, uh, Charge had no idea who Dua Lipa was when she was at the peak of her fame? That Charge had no idea who Megan Trainer is. Do you know either one of those artists? I really don't, uh, to be honest with you. <laughs> okay, so you're just like him. But Charge is also a, a guy that knows a lot about a lot of things. He went into yeah. this long riff on Hetty Lamar and her oh, backstory. Her. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he, he went into a long riff on Dolly Parton mm -hmm. and her career, even pre-becoming a star in, in Nashville, but had no idea who Megan Trainer was. So Yeah. Eh, yeah. Anyway. You know, we're driven by the search for better. When it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't help you just hire faster. 93% of employers agree. Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. This according to a recent Indeed survey. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Zabe. Just go to Indeed.com slash Zabe right now and support the show by saying you heard about it right here on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Zabe. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. 
Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. All right, so the uh, Phillies and the Astros may or may not play baseball tonight in a few minutes. Have you seen news as I'm recording this right around game time as to whether or not you're going to play outside in the rain in Philly? Uh, let me look at ESPN.com right now. I don't right. think I've seen anything. While you're taking that. a look at that, um, mm-hmm. I think it's high time that any new stadium built in America, any new baseball stadium for sure, must absolutely have a roof. Dun, have dun, have dun, a roof. dun. Breaking news. Game three has been postponed due to a forecast of rain throughout the evening. Yes. Yeah, great. So there you go. No baseball tonight. I'll have to watch the Browns and the Bengals. But – The legend of Philly fans has grown yet again because some jackass threw something hard, a battery, a rock, who knows, that busted the exterior window of a double-paned window on the team bus for the Astros, and had it gone all the way through, it would have hit Justin Verlander. Mm. Question, do Philly fans deserve the rep they've been given as savages on the sports landscape? I would think so, because I can't think of another fan base that would have close to that reputation. Can you? Mm-mm. No, I think the fact that uh, who who was the Redskins super fan that went up there and got a, a oh, Chief severe... Z, who, uh, an African-American man who dressed as an Indian. Yes. And he got he a got... severe beating in the parking yeah. lot up there. Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of this, you know, stems from the famous uh, snowball throwing at Santa Claus. Uh, well, and the booing the, of Santa Claus. Yeah, well, the, the, there's actual video of, of a guy walking on the field as Santa Claus, and they hit him with a snowball, and they booed him. Uh, and it, it has to do with, with the Philly fans being angry that the team had actually won the week before, uh, knocking down their chances of drafting O.J. Simpson <laughs> with the number one draft pick. Okay, so. I heard that as an excuse. I also heard from some longtime Philly media members that they were – Booing because it was such a bad Santa Claus. Mm, that it was like a yeah. mangy, skinny, subpar no, he Santa. Skinny. Okay. The, the, the NFL films uh, piece that I saw on it, he, he was not skinny. But okay. I think I think I think people were just in a foul mood at that point. Okay, how about eating the horse poop off the street after the Eagles won the World Series? There's video and pictures of a guy in an Eagles jersey bending down, literally eating horse poop. That's probably paying off a bet, I would think. Okay, that could be that. How about the fact that they once said that there was a jail inside the vet in the bowels of the stadium? There was, yes. Absolutely, yeah. How about the photo from an Eagles game where a fan is reaching up to try to catch a kick from a field goal in the stands, and his shirt rides up and you see a gun in his waistband? (laughs) Have you ever seen that? 
Yes, I have. (laughs) How about the fact that Philly fans sort of eat their own sometimes when it comes to athletes that get sideways in town and it becomes untenable for them to even stay there? Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's worse sometimes in New York. But yeah, uh, th- there was a famous Ed Whitson case in New York where the fans booed him every time, and he couldn't even pitch in home games because of it. He got so freaked out by it. Yeah. But I guess it happens in Philly too. Who was the right fielder for the Phillies who struggled? He was supposed to be a hot shot. JP something, JT something. Not Real uh, Muto, the current guy, but there was somebody else. I think that had. Two initials, first name, and it got so bad with him they were starting to throw batteries at him. Yeah, Bobby Bonilla had that in New York. Um, I'm I'm I, I'm blanking on the name. No, I don't. I don't okay, that. all right. So, well, another another notch in Philadelphia's belt, and of course, they're bitching about the Astros still cheating because people are playing Zapruder film with the mannerisms and the wrist, you know. Uh, touching and the hair touching of Framber Valdez, who was magnificent in game two's win. Did you see in the videos, do you think he might be cheating with a substance, even though they now check the pitchers every half inning? I don't think so. And to me, the proof that they had stopped cheating was when the Nationals won the World Series three years ago, they won all their games in Houston, which is where all the cheating had been taking place. Right. (laughs) You would think like, okay, don't think baseball's not keenly aware of everything regarding the Astros and they're going to make sure to clamp down. Like it's, it's just not, you may go, Hey, what's this? What's that? But what are the odds that baseball's like, Oh, sorry, we should have gotten them again. I guess we were asleep. And, and Dusty Baker, an old school manager, you know, I would think if he got wind of it, he'd put an end to it. I think. I know I could be wrong, but that's what I feel. Are you pulling for Dusty to finally win yes, one? The poor absolutely. Susan Lucci of baseball. Absolutely, I like Dusty a lot. Everyone I, loves I Dusty. Hope he, hope he wins one. Yeah. I do. Except his postseason moves at times are like yeah, they're like Mister Toad's wild ride. You're like, what are you doing? But he's got the best team this time, so he, hopefully he can pull this off. He does. I don't know what the ratings are going to look like. What are the ratings so far for baseball? Did you see him? I, I haven't seen them. I've seen them in the past. Um, they're about uh, 10 million people. And I was just, uh, you know, that there was, this is the first, only the second, excuse me, World Series since 1947 when Jackie Robinson broke the color line that there's not a single African-American player in it. And uh, I was looking back on, on some of the, you know, World Series of the past. It really peaked like in the 70s, late 70s. It was like 27% African-Americans in baseball right. and now it's down to seven. But uh, just just circle back to the ratings. Uh, when they played the first night game in the World Series, which was 1971, the rating they had 63 million people watching it. So now it's down to 10. Yeah, it's sad. Now, here's the question about African-Americans playing baseball. Why do you think the number has dropped off so precipitously? Well, part of it is economics. They don't have um, in poorer areas the baseball fields like in in back in the uh, the did they back from, in the seventies? Well, yeah, and and you had generations of people who had grown up with African American stars. You know, some of the biggest stars icons of the sport: w- Willie Mays and Henry Aaron, mm-hmm. and you know Ken Singleton, Bob Gibson, and so we had that. 
And uh, I, I also think the speed of the game is not good. You know, a, a kid standing in the outfield, uh, you know, for 20 minutes with nothing happening is not as exciting as playing basketball or, or right. football. So I think that's that's got a lot to do with it. And, you know, part of it is they have to speed up the game. But, it, but I think the shame of it is there are probably some really good African-American athletes who are not 6'6", six, six, uh, or, you know, 6'10", who would be good baseball players if they had the opportunity to, to play. But right. because of economics and other reasons, they don't. Yeah, I think the other sports are too attractive because if you're a high school age kid who's in the top 1% of all athletes, you can play multiple sports if you want, and you happen to be African-American and you're good at multiple things, you wouldn't choose the hardest thing to go pursue unless you really, really loved it beyond all reason. And baseball yeah. is the hardest thing. It's just a hard fucking sport. Absolutely. You, you, the, the training that you got to put in. And look, if, if you're coming out of college, uh, do you want to ride the buses in the minor leagues for three years? Or do you want to go right to professional football or you know, the dream sport, basketball, you, you know, it doesn't seem yeah. to be much of a choice. Even, even when, you know, like in basketball, if you're LeBron James, one of the best, you know that given a 48-minute game, if you play X number of minutes, you're going to score at least 25 points, right? You're not going to yeah. suck. You're going to make some baskets. You're going to get a dunk or two. Unlike, say, Jose Altuve, who was in this monster funk before he broke out on Saturday night. Like that would be the equivalent of say LeBron scoring two points, one point, zero points, four points in an NBA Finals. Yeah, I mean, if, if you're successful in baseball, you fail seven out of ten times. Yeah, and that's a that's a tough thing if you, if you can play other sports. Now, also there is a concurrent thing with baseball where the athletic suburban well-to-do white kids are leaning into baseball and they're leaning into it. Like I could be a famous professional athlete in this sport. I'd think guys like Alex Bregman are a sort of a typical type of guy, not physically anything special, right? Alex mm -hmm. Bregman, he's seeming right. like generic guy, but he's really good at baseball. And these affluent, mostly white kids have great access to all kinds of advanced training. Coaching, oh, absolutely. academies, uh, nutrition, fitness. And again, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's like the oil in the water is sorting itself out in a way. So I don't know how you reverse it. I mean, there was a while back that baseball was like, we got to change this number. I don't hear much of that anymore. Do you? No, but but I would like to see it accessible. I mean, if they try it and they don't like it, that's one thing. True. But if you never have the opportunity, I think that's kind of a shame. No, I do too, and I, I think uh, having American-born black stars in baseball is good for the sport. It's fun to watch, and there's a lot of them that would be really fucking good yeah. uh, well, I mean, in the sport if they, were, if they were there. But you can't make somebody do it. You can't make somebody like it or love it, which is what you need. But it seems like, to me, Andy, baseball quietly just said, we're never turning this number around, so let's not talk about it so much. It's making us look bad. Well, also, you know, the, the, the scouting of Dominican players and, you know, there, there are a lot of players with dark skin in baseball. And so right. that, that, that sort of lessens the pressure on the sport a little bit. So, you know, there's yeah. all that part of it. Auburn fired their football coach today and they're going to have to pay him $16 million in a buyout. That's actually cheaper than the guy before him 
who they had to pay like $20 million. So Auburn is now on the hook for $37 million for two coaches who are no longer coaching for the school. And my doppelganger, Bill O'Brien, has apparently accepted the job uh, and they're going to fast track him in there. He's currently an assistant with Nick Saban. And wow. So Dion's not getting the job. That's interesting. Dion, yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I was actually researching this uh, for tomorrow. I'm going to talk about this uh, because remember, Ralph Friedgen uh, had great success at Maryland and uh, and then had a really bad year one year. It was like two and two and ten. And Debbie Yao, the vicious athletic director who used to work there, Nasty. wanted to. Yeah, she wanted to buy him out. And because it's a state-run school, uh, she had to go to the state to see if the governor would be on board to buy him out. The buyout at the time was two years left on his contract at $2 million a year. So it was $4 million to buy him out. And the governor, Martin O'Malley, said, what are you kidding me? We, we, we have a budget here. We, we can't do this. So when I saw the amount of money that they're paying uh, this guy and Gus Malzahn, who they fired before, yeah. they got to go, whoa, I mean, it's a different world. Yeah, Malzahn, $21 million, and this guy, uh, Brian Harson, $15 million. And, of course, Harson came in, you know, highly uh, accredited, big hire, good hire. Nobody said mm-hmm. this guy sucks, and – it ain't happening. I don't know when the wheel stops in college football with this kind of wasteful spending. I'm not sure. Well, I, I guess the boosters buy it out. But even so, I mean, it just goes to show you just how much money is available. It seems insane for this, yeah. really. It is uh, It is crazy. Speaking of money, Stephen A. Smith says he is underpaid at $8 million a year. I've heard 12, but okay. Uh, Let's see your spreadsheet, Stephen A. How does that work? Here here was his explanation the other day on ESPN. We are still black in this country. We don't trust this country in terms of meritocracy always. We know the bottom line is, is that just like women are underpaid compared to male counterparts, blacks are underpaid compared to white counterparts. And so when you look at it from that perspective, and of course, I have people look at me. I'm not talking about me, even though I got news for you. I am underpaid compared to some people on television and what they get paid. But that's a subject for another day. I ain't apologizing for that to a damn. So I am underpaid. Having said all of that, it ain't about me. <laughs> well, maybe you should fire your agent then. Yeah. Who's he, he talking about? about Skip Bayless? Yeah. Colin Coward? Is he talking about Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, who uh, were lured over because of the seismic shifts in the NFL TV contracts. What's he talking about exactly? I have no idea, but, you know, I guess it doesn't hurt. And I guess ESPN isn't going to call them in and, and, and you know, call them on the carpet for it. I think they're going to let it fly. Oh, I absolutely not. I mean, he's sure. the face of the franchise, right? Which I guess, but, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, what what – there has to be some metric to show that the $12 million he makes is worth it for them. And he's maybe got some metric to show that he's worth even more than that. I have no idea. I don't know the television. Business. Couldn't, couldn't they start recruiting and molding a series of replacement Stephen A. Smith's minorities that get the shtick of be loud, be outrageous, say things like this. And, you know, we can we can teach you how to do the medium because it's not like his sports takes are gold where you're like, wow, I no, never outside, thought of that outside of the NBA. In fact, they're, they're pretty shallow. But um, anybody that comes in with that act will be accused of 
you know, imitating Stephen A. So you got to have something unique. Right. But I wonder how long the Stephen A era at ESPN will last. Another five years? Another 10 years? You know, he, he may have been ahead of his time because about, what, 10, 12 years ago, he was a big deal there. He had a TV show. He had a radio show. He had all, and then they fired him. They got rid of all of them. He, he said, just get out. And he left for a couple of years and then came back, and he's bigger and <laughs> bigger than ever. Funny to think that a guy who's making $8 million, maybe $12 million a year, goes on a rant saying he's underpaid, and he once had to wake up at 4 in the morning on the West Coast to do a radio show that had once been occupied by <laughs> yours truly. Yeah, yeah. Or well, Stephen you know. A. Smith. Funny how this industry works. You can't think about it too much lest you go crazy. Let me end on this, Andy. Any parting thoughts on Kyrie Irving and Kanye West? I asked my two other Jewish friends and colleagues, Scott and Solly, I feel like I got to put a quarter in your jukebox on this guy. Well, Kanye West got what's coming to him. It's all gone. Everybody's running away from him. Uh, Kyrie Irving, if I'm the commissioner, Adam Silver, regardless of the fact that he is Jewish, I call him in and I say, yes, you're allowed to post these things as Kyrie Irving, John Q. Citizen. But as a member of the NBA, you need to take them down or you will be suspended indefinitely without pay and let the union take me on. That's the way I do it. Looks like I'm going to have to cut cut bait with uh, Kyrie in Brooklyn. I don't know how they're going to do it. <laughs> he, he is going to yeah. tear that team apart from the inside. It's pretty fucking hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and, and you got to think about Kevin Durant, who was in paradise in Golden State and went uh, to do his own thing. Uh, and look at this. <laughs> but he teamed up with Kyrie willingly. Right. And knowingly. Oh, friends. I, I know. Yeah, <laughs> I have no sympathy whatsoever for uh, Kevin Durant. He got no. in bed with this guy. Now he That's got right. fleas. So deal with it. Yeah. All right, Andy. Uh, I didn't even talk about the Commanders. Big win over the Colts. Uh, Snyder's dressing up like you said, the team equipment manager now. Yeah, he's he's wearing a a commander sweatshirt, a hoodie. Looks like it was bought at Walmart. And it wasn't a, even a, a fancy one. And a ball and a hat cap in size. Yeah, look, look ridiculous. A softening of his image as this uh, billionaire titan in a in a suit. I don't know. You know, he, he's hard, he's hard to figure, but he's fighting. I don't think he's going to lose the team, but but boy, he's not he's not going down without a fight. Uh, is this a playoff team? Possibly. Oh God, no! I don't think so. Okay. Yeah, they're talking about maybe for the first time ever a whole division gets in the playoffs. The whole NFL. Yeah, East. half a season to go, as you say, kaleidoscope league. Things yeah. could be very, very different in two weeks. Yeah. Right. Well, congrats to the commanders. And no, for anyone asking me on Twitter, I'm not coming back to the team just because they won three in a row. Yeah. <laughs> and the Packers have lost now four in a row. So yeah. there you go. All right, Andy, as always, a pleasure, my friend. We'll talk next week. Take care, Zach. See you, bud. Make March Madness a moneymaker with MyBookie. Getting started is easy. Visit MyBookie online and use promo code ZABE to receive a deposit bonus up to $1,000. Grab your extra funds now and for a limited time, claim a free entry into the $150,000 MyBookie Madness Bracket Contest for a chance at the big money. If you're the type of guy who likes to fill out multiple brackets to get an advantage, you can do that too. 
The price of entry is less than an Uber, all for a shot at life-changing amounts of moolah. With so many brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and simple to win and simple to get paid, like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie.